know, to the end of this year. But I don't remember what I said. What, what, where are we starting at? John 15, 4. Let's do that. I think we're, uh, this has become my favorite verse. And one in which, um, you've got, I've read it, I've read it many times recently, but I'm going to read it again. John 15, chapter 4. Um, if I think about it, this is how I've kind of lived my life. And, and I'm trying to teach you to, you know, live your life this way too, and everything will be okay. John 15, 4. Auntie, what is it? Remain in me as I also remain now, in you. Now, the word actually is to abide. To abide in me means to stay, continue in, cling to whatever word or, or, or descriptive word you can use to say stay connected. That's what abide means. Abide within me and I will abide in you because branches can't bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. That's an incredible statement. He's saying, listen, you got to remain, stay, abide, stay with, continue to be with, connect with me and I and you. And then therefore you'll do great things because you can't do anything by yourself. Now, sometimes we go, yeah, it seems like a lot of people do a lot of stuff without you. I mean, because I know people who don't care nothing about the Lord that's doing a lot of stuff. But, but my thing is, man, if you really, I was talking to somebody the other day whose life looked so picture perfect, but then when they broke down what's wrong in their world, I go, whoo, man, I would love to have your money, mm-hmm. but I will not want your problems. Everybody say amen. amen. I, mean, I mean, if you live in a picturesque neighborhood where the people got the Christmas lights, and I can't stand my cul-de-sac, they all look so perfect. And it's like, and I don't care about looking perfect, but they do. And, it's, and, and, it's, and, and you don't know what's going on inside the homes, though. Everybody say amen, amen now. Amen. So, it's, so my thing is, the Bible also says to never look at other people and, and, and envy them either. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know what's going on. So it says, remain in me. I remain in you. You can't bear fruit without me. Next verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. Now listen, I am the vine. The vine is the thing that shoots everything up. Now, I'm a plant guy. I will kill your flowers, but I'll keep your plant alive. And, and, and what, I, what it is is the vine gives all the nutrients to all the branches. Mm-hmm. That's, what keep, that's what keeps everything flowing, right? Yeah. Everything good comes from the Father. Everything comes from the Father. Mm-hmm. And it says, I am the vine, you are the branch. If you remain in me, I and you, you will bear a lot of fruit. You, meaning you will be a person that, that leaves your mark down here. You will make a difference. See, a lot of people aren't going to leave their mark. They kind of they uh, get born, they grow up, they uh, get maybe educated, maybe not, or maybe they find a job to do, and then they get married, they have kids, and then their kids grow older, they have grandkids, and then they get old, they die. And, and it's like, I'm, me, myself, that, that's, that's a nervous life for me. Because mm-hmm. what mark did you leave down here? What, what, what difference did you make down here? If the only difference you made was I was born, raised, grew up, had kids, had grandkids, and died. Amen. Really, that's all you did with the life that he gave you? Now, I'm not saying we, everybody's going to change the world, but what I am saying is everybody can change the little piece of world you're in. All right. Just a little smidgen of the corner of the universe that you are dwelling in. It's like a little speck. Can we make a difference? He says, vine, you are the branches. If you, rem- if you remain in me and I in you, 
you will bear a lot of fruit. What is fruit? Well, we know what the fruits of the Spirit are, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. He says that you will, you will show all of that. You'll show patience, you'll show love, you'll show kindness, you'll show joy, you, you'll have peace. Come on, somebody. Amen, amen. He says, man, you will bear all that fruit. You will show all that fruit. But see, apart from me, you, you can't do anything. I don't care about the rest of the world. He's talking about you. Amen. That's how I live my life. Apart from him, I can do nothing. Amen. Now, do, do, he's giving me some skills. He's giving me some talents. My brain is quick. You know, I got a big mouth. I mean, he's put a lot of stuff in me. But it's like, man, I realize apart from him, there's nothing I can really do. I, I, I can get in my way through. But imagine this. Imagine this. I was thinking about this earlier. I've seen so many people come to the Lord and leave. Mm -hmm. Over my years of doing church, and man, we, I've done big church. I've done medium church. I've done small church. And I've seen a lot of people come to the Lord and leave. And I go, man, since 1983, August 3rd, right around 8, 39 o'clock, I gave my life to the Lord and I've never left. Now, I'm not saying that from a standpoint of I'm better. I'm saying that from a standpoint of thank God. Amen. That some kind of way you kept me over all these years and some kind of way you convinced something. And it's hard heads. I'm hard headed. You convinced me of something that I realize you really do exist. Amen. You really, you really exist. God really exists. Yes, he does. He's, 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 he's real. And, and some people don't really believe it. Or they think he's just a cloud. Mm -hmm. Or they think he's like another myth or a legend like Santa and Easter Bunny. Or some people just don't. It's even scarier. They just don't care. Right. And I'm like, man, I, you some kind of way you stayed with me and you spoke to my hard head and my hard heart and you convinced me of something that one day I am going to see you face to face. Mm -hmm. You convinced me that this world cannot be without you. You had to create this thing. Man really can't explain how the world got created. Amen. Amen. And then here's the thing, childbirth. There's no way. We can't, we, can't, we can't reproduce it. It had to come from something greater than us. Yes. yes. How does the seasons change like that? There's got to be something greater than us. How's the yeah. earth spinning on some axis that's invisible? It's got to be something greater than something us, Something greater. Where did all these animals and stuff come from? It's got to be something. You have convinced me that you are God. Yeah. But if you want me to get even more personal, I know what you've done in my life. Yes. Okay, that's universal stuff that we can say, yes, we can tell the atheist that there is a God because of this. But man, what about what you've done in my own world? I'm mm. always thinking back on what you've done for me. It keeps me. Amen. Keeps me what? Abiding. Yes. Auntie, come on. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and now withers. See, if you don't remain in me, then you're like a branch that's thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and they're burned. If you don't stay with me, it's just not going to go well. Not at all. And I mean, I got so many testimonies of people who didn't stay where it didn't go well. What am I trying to say today? Well, I'm trying to say I'm getting to prayer in a minute. I just got to go over my favorite verses. <laughs> but what, I, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that the only way you remain is through prayer. And a lot of it. Jesus pray all the time. And I go, Jesus, you, if anybody didn't need to pray that much, it was you. <laughs> but Jesus prayed more than anybody. 
well, let's be known how important prayer was. And then every time he saw, he, the disciples would see him pray and they go, man, he's doing that thing again. He's got to show us how to do it. Prayer is everything, guys. Amen. I'm, I, man, he's changed my perspective of prayer. He goes, I'm like, how did I, how did I stay with you that long? Well, because I've always forced you to pray. We've always had moments of prayer. What does prayer do? Because it's like, man, God, why am I praying? You know what I, I know, have need of anyway. And, I, and God goes, I know, but here's the thing. You're an agent of change. I have to have conversation with you constantly. Prayer is not just you telling me stuff. All right. Prayer is you shutting up and listening to me some. Yes, yes, yes. So when I say pray, most people think, yes, I tell the Lord what I want all the time. That's not prayer. <laughs> right, right. That's Santa Claus. Come on, somebody. <laughs> A prayer is not just always telling the Lord what you want, telling the Lord how you want it to be, telling the Lord how much it matters to you. Prayer is the moments of, listen, Lord, what do you think? Amen. Prayer is the moment of saying, I don't know which way to go, so I'm going to stand here till you tell me something. Prayer, prayer is the, I don't know what decision to make, so let me, let me just say, I need your help with this decision, and let me be quiet. Yes. My best prayer is when I'm shutting up. All right. It's my best time of prayer. My best time of prayer is when I'm not saying a word. So prayer is not just, you know, Lord, here's what my problem, here's my list of situations. Prayer is, what do you think? Yes. So here it is. It's like, man, if you don't remain in me, you're nothing. You're, you're gonna, it's like a branch withered away, and I'm going to pick it up, and we just throw that in the fire to be burned. It's no good. It's like burning leaves. Once the leaf comes off the vine, it's dead. Everybody say amen. Amen. Come on, come on. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Now, here's the key to this, auntie. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, what? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now your prayers have more power. Amen. Now your prayers are listened to and now your prayers are not falling upon deaf ears. Amen. Key, if you remain in me, and my word remains, my words remain in you. Meaning, if you stay with me and you can constantly let this word simmer inside of you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Then you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. See, if you don't remain in me and you have no word inside of you, you're going to ask me for some crazy stuff and I'm not going to do it. Amen. That's right. It's something about getting your way in prayer. How do you get your way in prayer? Well, you get your will straightened out. Amen. What is, what is, what is, here's my will, and then there's your will. Now, can we meet in the middle? <laughs> See, because I realize that some of the things you put inside of me, you put it in there. That's right. And then some of the things that are inside of me, I put it in there. That's right. That's right. So some kind of way, can we mess, mess this thing? Lord, what is your will? But here's the thing I realize. When you grow up a little bit more, you go, I realized something. I'm not even sure I have a will. My will is just really your will. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, I'll get whatever I need. Yes. That's why I said, seek the kingdom first, everything else will be added on to you. Mm -hmm. Seek the kingdom first, every, I give you everything else. If, if, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then now you can ask me for whatever you wish and it will be done. This is something I am going to Oh, the Lord too. All right. 
See, here's the problem. When the Lord says something, he can't go back on it. So I'm like, okay, you set this now. I'm remaining. And I have put so, I've tried to put so much word inside of me. It's ridiculous. And I realized something, that my will is very strong. And I, that's why Paul says every day I die a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. A little piece of me goes away every day because I realize something. If I can just tap into your will, man, my life is going to be fine, man. Yes. And it's going to matter. It's going to be worth something because here it is. I'm not going to live my life, be born, grow up, grow old, die, leaving no mark on the earth, making no difference. After the second generation of kids die off, my name just dies off. Or can I get into your will and make a difference? Amen. Where my, my life mattered more than just raising kids and going to work and paying bills. So that's my, that's my favorite passage. And it got me down to this thing called prayer. Because prayer is, he said, listen, remain in me. I remain, my word remain in you. Ask me whatever you wish. And I'll do it. Here's the key word. You got to abide. Yes, yes, yes. Too many people now, are, it's so easy to be torn away. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And we taste it and we go back to the world. The Bible says it's like a dog going back on his vomit. That's how gross it is. Yep, that's what it says. To turn your back on the Lord after he's enlightened you, then because then of circumstances and situations, we, we cower and we go back to nothing. Absolutely nothing. Christianity is in a fight for its life right now. Amen. Yes, it is. I'm talking about Christianity. I'm not talking about church. Because you can ride past churches that are packed. So I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about Christianity. I'm talking about people's walk with God are now being challenged. Because people's like, a lot of, a lot of these walks, man, they're the form of godliness. Mm-hmm. But it lacks true power of conversion. Yeah. I'm not judging anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm a truth teller. How do I know? Well, I talk to a lot of people. I talk, I, and I've never talked to so many Christians who don't know how to pray. Now, I'm not mad because you've got to be taught how to pray. Everybody say amen. Mm-hmm. Everybody under my watch is going to know how to pray or I'm, I'm going to test you. <laughs> First Kings chapter 2. Let me get into this. I've got to get out of here. I'm going to go home and watch the lions. Uh, uh, First Kings chapter 2, verse 1. Now listen, here, let me tell you this story, and it's about Solomon and David, but mostly Solomon. And let me show you what happens when you abide, and let me show you what happens when you don't abide. First Kings 2, verse 1, Auntie, what is it? When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. No, hold on. First Kings 2? I'm sorry, 2? I'm a second Kings, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm about to say, I ain't talking about Elijah right now, but I can. <laughs> My bad. Verse Kings 2, the time came for David to die. He gave a charge to Solomon, his son. Now, there's David. Lived his life. He's about, to, he about, he's about to go. He gives a charge to his son Solomon. He's leaving him instruction before he dies. What does he say? Hold on. I'm about to go 
the way of all the earth, he said. Yeah. So be strong and act like a man. He says, now be strong and, and you're becoming a man now, so be strong. Next verse. Now carefully obey. And observe what the Lord your God requires. He says, now carefully obey all the commands of the Lord your God. Carefully obey all his laws, commands, decisions, agreements. Obey everything that is written in the law of Moses. If you do this, you will be successful at whatever you do and wherever you go. That's good advice, David. He said, now, if you do this. What if I don't do this? Well, see, he, he said, listen, I, here it is. I'm getting ready to go. Here's your advice. Just do whatever the Lord says. If you can just do that, man, you're going to be successful. Now, here's David who had a crazy life. David had some ups and downs. We had the, the Bathsheba thing. I mean, David had a lot going on. We had wars and, 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 but, and, and, and Saul and all this madness. But think, one thing I'll give David credit for, he never turned his heart from the Lord. Never. So though, though all his ups and downs, and though he was stronger sometimes and weaker sometimes, though he made some mistakes and so, though he had victories, he never turned from the Lord. He, the Bible says he was a man at the God's own heart. Never turned. He was the apple of God's eye, so to speak. That sounds like us, don't it? It sounds like me. I mean, I've had some mistakes, done things wrong, been up and down, but one thing I never did. I never turned my back on the Lord. Because I realized something. Through all of that, you're not turning your back on me? So where am I going to go? I'm not going anywhere. I'm okay. I'm, I messed up another one. You got to mop up another one, but I'm not going anywhere. You're stuck with me. Amen. I know I'm your problem child, <laughs> but I'm not going anywhere. You're stuck with me. Come on, come on. So here it is. He said, listen, do it. You got to do it now. Now, go to 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3. Here's Solomon. Here's his son. Solomon showed... That he loved the Lord by obeying everything his father David told him to do. Except that Solomon continued to go to the high places to offer sacrifices and burnt incense. Which God said don't do. Because they, they built high places to other gods and they would go offer sacrifices. And Solomon continued to do that. He did everything except. Now, this is really big. I've read this a million times, but, man, it just dawned on me the other day. That's, showing, that's giving you a, pre, a prelude or a prelude, however you say it, to what, to what happened to Solomon. He, he, wanted, he obeyed the Lord in most things, and then there are some things he just didn't. He's got more things where he don't obey the Lord. But here it is, at this beginning, he's saying, listen, I'm doing everything my father said to do, but I'm going to keep going to the high place and worshiping, yes, yes. burning incense, where other gods are, 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 are praised. Yes. Let me show you where I'm going. Verse 4. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. So here it is. He's now king. He goes to Gideon, to Gibeon. And he offers the sacrifice, and that was the highest place you can go. That was, the, that was the biggest altar you can go. And God is going, I don't want you to do that. 
But go ahead, Auntie, come on. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. Uh -huh. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, his, listen, so at nighttime, he's camped there. God comes and says, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. Ask me whatever you want me to do. And I'm thinking, but Lord, he's doing something you don't want him to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And God says, yes. I do everybody like that. There's, there's things right now in all of us that we know God doesn't want us to do. Amen. And some kind of way, God continues to give, I know what it's called. It's called mercy. Thank you, Lord. And it's called grace. So here it is. He's, he's at the place that God doesn't want him to be. And then God still comes to him and says, listen, ask me whatever you want me to give you and I'll give it to you. Even though you're not doing exactly what I'm telling you to do. You're not doing exactly what you're supposed to do. All right, I'm going somewhere. Next verse, Auntie. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. Now, here's the thing with Solomon. Solomon was wise before he asked for wisdom. Because at this time, Solomon's he's probably about 19, 20 years old. And now he's king. And, and he's got a lot of wisdom. He goes to the Lord and he reminds the Lord of something. He says, man, you've been, you, you were really good to my father. I saw it. Yes. That's a good way to start. See, see he's buttering up the Lord. <laughs> he, he's reminding him that, wait a minute, you were really good to my father now. So is it my turn, you know? <laughs> He, he's trying to ride on David's coats, Amen. on his coattails, right? Yeah. Auntie, come on. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now you gave him me and now I'm on the throne. All right. He's talking to God this way and I, actually I like it. He's, he's, he's trying to remind the Lord, hey, okay, ask me whatever you want. Okay, you were really good to David now and I'm his son. Nepotism. <laughs> Come on, Auntie. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David. Right, right. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. So he said, listen, now, you have made me king. Amen. You made me this. You put me here. So, and I'm very young. And he says, I'm like a child, but I'm, I, if you look at it, they don't really know how old he was, but if you really look at it through years when David died, when Solomon died, and when all the things that happened, they're about 19, 20 years old. And he said, listen, I don't know how to carry out my duties. Next verse. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or yep. number. Yep. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? He, that's a very good prayer. It's a very good request. He said, listen, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to work right from wrong. I need the ability to discern or, let, or figure out what's right and what's wrong. I, I can't do this job. Thank you, Lord. God, next verse, God got impressed. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked Man, this. Man, he says, wow, I know you don't do everything I tell you to do. You shouldn't even be here. But that's the beauty of when you're wrong, God hopefully knows your heart. Yes. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank when you. When you're wrong, you got to lean on your heart. Amen. When you're out of, out of God's will in a certain area of your life, like I know all people are, mm-hmm. you, you got to lean on the fact that God knows your heart. Thank you, Lord. So here's God going, man, I am so pleased that you didn't, you, you asked me for that. He, God was so impressed. He's like, man, I'm, that's very impressive. That was really good. You asked me for wisdom, but you were already wise enough to ask me for something smart. Yes. Now let's be know that Solomon already, he already had the potential to be wise. Amen. God puts all potential inside of you. Name of this church is full potential. I wish it was faith tabernacle. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, man, he puts the potential inside of you already. And then it's recognized, then it comes out. So, so God is saying, man, you're already wise. Yes. That was a very wise thing. Wasn't that wise? Yes, it was. Listen to the Lord next verse. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself. See, most people will ask me for long life. They'll ask me for wealth or they may ask me to kill all their enemies. that's true that's true he says most people ask me for long life wealth for yourself now and then they ask me to get rid of all their problems and all the people that cause them harm but you're asking for discernment to administer for administering justice for me and over my people very good Solomon yes I'm going somewhere. I think, come on. I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart. So here it is. The Lord comes to you in a dream and he goes, ask me whatever you want. What are you going to ask for? What are you going to ask him for? Be honest. Don't answer it. because I'm just saying, answer it in your own mind. If, if the Lord came to you right now and says, ask me whatever you want, what are you asking him for? You go to sleep tonight, have a dream, and the Lord comes to you and levitates through your room. (laughs) Your room is filled with the glory cloud of smoke. And then one light comes through the window and you can see the Lord's face and he goes, ask me whatever you want. What are you going to ask him for? That'll let you know kind of where you are as a Christian. Yes, it will. Because I know what I'd ask him for. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but I know what I'd ask for. I know what I'd ask him for. So here it is. I would do what you asked me. I would give you wise and, a, a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor there never will be anyone like you. And mm-hmm. let me be real. God kept his word on that. Yeah. Solomon was he was an impressive man from an earthly standpoint. There was no king greater than Solomon. All right. Mm -hmm. Auntie, come on, let me get done with this. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for both wealth and honor so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And God says, listen, I don't have any problem about any of you having money. Let me tell you something. God has no problem with making us in here rich. But it's the reason why he doesn't. 
And some people are a little blessed in them more than others, I say, but not really. That's harsh to say. But some people have a little more. But I really believe that, you know, if you're faithful in a little, you really will be Lord over much. Amen. That's the word. So right now I was talking to a, a, a young lady and her, she was talking about her church and she called in and she wanted to talk to me. And she was saying, oh, Pastor Kitty, can you pray for our church? It's just a little small church and we're trying to make it. And the pastor's such a good man and he teaches the word. And, and I'm like, listen, listen, stop, stop, stop. Tell your pastor, just stay encouraged. Amen. Stay encouraged. Don't worry about the crowds. Don't worry about how many people sitting there. Just continue to stay encouraged. If your pastor loves the Lord like I believe he does because you're saying he does, and I can hear your sincerity in your heart, just tell him to stay encouraged. Yes, yes, yes. God will honor his effort. He really will. Stay encouraged. I'm like, I've been pastoring a small church for over, ten, over 12 years now. It can be done. Now, here's the thing. I come from big church. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about staying encouraged. Just continue to do what God has told you to do until he tells you to do something else. Tell him I said that. Tell him if you need to talk to me, he can call me. Okay. Stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. Because if you're faithful over a little, you will be Lord over much. And my thing is God will bring increase to small ministries. Yes, he will. He will. And, and he, he's going to bring increase to the little, the little neighborhood churches. He's going to increase them. Let me tell you what's going to happen in the spirit. Remember I told you this. You're going to see the larger ministries begin to come down. Mm -hmm. I'm not wishing this. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this from a sense of I want this to happen. I'm just saying from in my prayer time and in other conversations I've had with people who spend a lot of time in prayer, everybody's getting the same thing. Mm -hmm. You're going to begin to see larger ministries crumble. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not wishing that. Amen. I'm just saying in the spirit, this is what I'm getting. Amen. And I'm not alone. So because you didn't ask me for wealth, I'll give you wealth. I got no problem with you having things. God's got no problem with you having more than you need. Know why? Because he can trust you. Amen. If he gives you more than what you need, then you're going to give more. You're going to give more to people who I need? Everybody say amen. Amen. See, this is God's plan. If I give you excess, then you use that excess to do my will. Amen. See, because sometimes people come to you and they go, hey, uh, uh, can you pray? And we had a lady called in and says, hey, my, 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 I'm a single mom. My husband just left us and my family. I'm, I'm from another country. And, and, and I got my kids and he just left us. And now I'm here. I'm trying to survive. And, and can you just pray? My kids are okay. They're not going to have a big Christmas and they know that. But we're okay. We're okay. Just, just can you pray? I just, I just would like to get them at least one thing. And I went... Okay, we can pray, but I don't have to pray. We can do something about that. Amen. Here's the thing. God has answered your prayer. Amen. We'll do something about it. Amen. Prayer and doing something. So God, if God gives us excess, it's not to buy a bigger TV. Amen. You know, I stare at 70 inches all the time. 70 inch TVs amaze me. I just, every time I go past one at the store, I stop and I go, <laughs> look at 
that thing. And then Courtney and Julian are like pulling my shirt, like, Dad, you're not buying that. <laughs> but why not? Look at it. Can you imagine my video games on this thing? <laughs> Where are we going to put it? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I mean, think about it. <laughs> and then I walk away still staring at it. And, I, and it's like, Lord, I, I, I don't need another TV. <laughs> and see, this is what the Lord would do with me. Every time I want something I shouldn't have or just something that's more, and I go, I got the money for it. God says, oh, I heard that. Give it away. <laughs> oh, you got the money for that, huh? All right, so give it away. Anyway, moving on, Auntie. Let me get off this one. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands that say your father says, did. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and my commandments, as David did, I'll give you long life. What if you don't? See? He said, if you walk, if you do this, then this will happen. What if I don't do that? Well, so we always leave that part out. If you do this, this is going to happen. What if I don't? Well, I'm not going to give you long life. Life is going to have turmoil in it. Life is, life is going to be confusing. It's a deep statement. Now, go to Deuteronomy 17. I got 11 minutes. Let me show you something. Let me show you what happened to Solomon. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 16. God is giving rules to the king. Here's the rules. Auntie, help me out. The king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses. I don't want for you to have a lot of horses for yourself. Or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them. Don't store, don't make them go back to anything and then go get more. Come on. For the Lord has told you, you are not to go back that way again. I know a lot of folks who are trying to go backwards. People have come out of situations and they're going, man, maybe I should just go back to that. Let me tell you something. I, I can't think of something that I ever went back to. It's like, it's like when, you, when you come away from something, it's like, do you really go back to it? I mean, I know people who are broken up in relationships and they go back to it, expecting something different. Right. It's like, man, you got to get to a place where you don't go backwards. Amen. I mean, once I'm out of something, I can't go back. And people go, man, you like to live somewhere else. Yeah, I'm sick of this. <laughs> snow, I'm working up like, ah, snowing. Yesterday I was just standing in the door just watching that it blow. Snow blowing. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm just so tired of snow. If I never seen another flake, I would be happy. <laughs> but people go, where do you want to live? Oh, oh, did you like Carolina? I'm like, I love North Carolina. North Carolina was, is a great state. It, it, the weather was good. I mean, I was okay with it. Would you go back there? No. I've been there, done that. Come on, somebody. All right, all right. I, I, I'm not saying that you, know, that you don't ever go back. I'm just saying I never go back. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm saying this. This is not part of my message. Amen. It's like, man, I mean, I'm, but I'm talking to so many people who say, well, maybe I should just go back to that job. Or, well, maybe I should just go back and live in there over there. Or maybe I should just, I'm saying, I don't ever go backwards. And here's God saying, listen, you are not to go back that way again. When I bring you out of something, don't go back to it. 
Okay, okay, you don't like that one. Auntie, come on. He must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. Now listen, you got to lay off the honeys, man. <laughs> like, like, you can't take many of them because what's going to happen is your heart's going to be led, led away. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you, you, see, it, you, you got to be careful. Got to be. And he goes, listen, and don't accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. Hmm. Now, this is God very clear. All right. He's saying, don't accumulate a lot of horses and stuff. Don't you go mess with all the chicks, man. Don't get a bunch of them. And don't you accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. So some people say that, man, back in the Old Testament, they had multiple wives. And God is saying, I'm not good with that. Right, right. And those people who marry, you're going, one wife, this is enough. <laughs> How are you going to do multiple ones, right? <laughs> so here it is. Don't, now, that's clear. Now, one more, auntie. Go to the next one. When he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll, a uh -huh. copy of this law, yep. taken from that of the Levitical priest. And then do what with it? It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life, uh -huh. so that he may learn to revere the Lord his God and follow carefully all the words of this now, law. Now, that's what God decrees. wants the king to do. Don't you accumulate a lot of horses and stuff. Watch, don't build up your military too strong. Next is don't be messing with all, don't get a bunch of wives, don't store up a lot of money, and you have to keep the word written next to you. You have to read this thing constantly all the time. Amen. That's what I want you to do. Now, here's the problem. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 14. I'm glad you guys being patient trying to walk through this, but I need to get this done because next week is Christmas crap and all that. Here's the Here's what Solomon did. Auntie, go. The weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents. So that's like 25 tons of gold. That's what Solomon accumulated. Next verse. Not including the revenues from merchants and traders and from all the Arabian kings and the governors of the territories. They all constantly brought gold to Solomon. Solomon had so much gold, he made all his shields for his soldiers out of pure gold. He had so much gold that he only drank out of gold uh, muglets or whatever they call. <laughs> he had so much gold, his toilet probably was gold. Probably. He had everything edged in gold. He had that much gold. It was coming in. But now, remember, what did God say? Don't accumulate out of gold a lot of gold. Mm -hmm. Solomon's got tons of gold. <laughs> Go to verse 18, auntie. Then the king made a great throne covered with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. The throne had six steps and its back had a rounded top. So here it is. Both sides were on rest with lions standing beside him. Can you imagine a picture of that, him sitting up there and everything's gold? So impressive. <laughs> Poor Solomon. So he's got all this gold. And now, go further, auntie. Let me show you. I, I feel bad because Solomon, I love Solomon, but we got to go over it. Go. On both sides of the seats were armrests with a lion standing beside each of them. Yeah. Now we're going down. Now to go down to verse 26. Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities. What did God tell him? him don't accumulate a lot of horses. Yes, he did. 
What does Solomon got? He's what? got 1,400 chariots, 12,000 horses. So much so that he had to build a special place to put them. He had one, he had one here and he had one in Jerusalem. That's a lot of horses. God says, don't accumulate gold. Don't get you a lot of horses. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, go to 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 1. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women. Oh, Solomon loved the ladies, man. <laughs> he loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he liked Moabite chicks, Anamite chicks, Edomite chicks. <laughs> So, well, I don't even know what that is. Sidonians. And then, oh my God, he even liked Hittites. Yes, he did. So Solomon was like equal opportunity lover, man. He didn't <laughs> care what it was. And, and, and he's going, man, it says how he loved many of these foreign women. And what did God say? Stay away from the honeys. Yes, he did. All right. Why? Because they pull your heart away. So what's going on is something's happening here. Solomon's not abiding. Amen. Solomon's not praying like he was. Auntie, come on. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their God. Now let's go back. Let's go back. Rewind back to when they, Solomon did everything David said except something. He still worshiped other gods. Solomon was showing his issue even at the beginning. He says, I almost do what you say. Mm -hmm. But my will is still very strong. So though I'm getting it directly from you and I'm understanding that this is what you want, there's still a part of me that just does what I feel like doing. And man, look at my life, though. I'm the richest man that ever was and ever will be. I'm the greatest king that ever will be. I'm the greatest king that is ever mentioned. But way back at the beginning, he's showing you his flaw. Now, verse 3, it says he had 700 wives. Solomon, what are you going to do with 700 wives? <laughs> who were the daughters of leaders from other nations. He had 300 girlfriends, 700 wives, <laughs> 300 girlfriends that were slaves, concubine they called them, mm -hmm. and they were like wives to him, the Bible says. Yes. The Bible, at verse three says, his wives caused him to turn away from God. Verse 4 says, when Solomon was old, his wives caused him to follow other gods. So he did not follow the Lord completely yes. as his father did. See, what are we saying? You can, get a, you can get by for a while doing something you know God doesn't approve of. Let me tell you, for a while. Oh, wow. And the thing is, it might be a long while. But eventually, God is going to make you deal with it. Amen. 
Now, if your will is strong, like Solomon's was, here it is. It's plain and simple. Solomon, just don't get a lot of horses. Don't get a lot of women. Don't store up a lot of gold. Mm -hmm. Keep the word by you. Mm -hmm. That seems like that's simple. Unless you're someone who has a very strong will and unless you're someone who doesn't pray enough. Right. Because we're sitting there looking at it like, Solomon, what were you doing? You got the world at your fingertips. and you, That was pretty simple. Just, that's all you had to do. And we're looking at it very, but I'm saying, uh, before we jump on Solomon too much, if God said, I'll give you anything you want, what would you ask him for? And if, he, if you had access to everything that Solomon did, would, would you handle it the right way? I'm saying you wouldn't unless, unless. you continue to abide. Oh, yeah. Unless you continue to pray. Mm -hmm. How did I, man, 1983, auntie, you were there. Mm -hmm. Still here, still serving him. It's not old, I'm not tired of it. I'm still learning. Amen. And I'm saying, not because I'm good. <laughs> trust me and even trust me. He should have thrown me away a long time ago. But it's like, man, we remain. I'm abiding as best I can. And I'm saying, most of you are doing the same thing. And it's like, man, I'm not letting anything take me to other gods or take my thoughts away. Amen. I, I'm not going to let anything yank me. And trust me, it's tried to yank me out of the Lord's hand. What can pluck me out of his hands? Nothing. Nothing. Because I realized something, you go all the way back, man, a branch out of the vine is dead. Hebrews chapter two, verse one. So we must be more careful to follow what we were taught. We must be careful so that we will not be pulled or dripped away from the truth. Yes. Yes, yes. I always, you've heard me all the time talk about the drift. Mm -hmm. Drifting is slow. You just slowly begin to back away. When you throw a bottle into the ocean, you can still see it, and it's just kind of bobbing there. Then eventually the waves just take it out further and further, and then it's gone. You can't even see it anymore. Mm -hmm. That's what happens to people when they drift from the Lord. It's a slow process. It really is. You just begin to miss a little church here, miss a little church there. Don't really pray. Don't never read nothing. Don't, don't really seek to want to be around the people of God. Don't even really want to talk about it. You just slowly begin to, you just, you're slowly drifting away. The Bible calls it the great falling away will happen. Mm-hmm. When many people who were serving the Lord will begin to fall away. And it's like, it's, it's a slow process. It's not, it's not a, a, a quick break. It's always very slowly. Amen. And then people are like, hey, where you been? Well, you know, I've been kind of busy. No, you haven't. Hey, hey, what, what, what happened? Where, how, how, hey, good to see you. Where you, where you? Well, you know, I just really, you know, yeah, I bump into people who used to go to church and they go, oh, I really need to get back. I'm like, you're not coming back. Hmm. It drifted out too far. Mm -hmm. Now you need all the grace and mercy you could ever have to come back. See, now you actually are dwelling into a different realm now. 
You're dwelling into the place where now right from wrong is so muddled, you don't even know the difference anymore. The Bible calls it a reprobate. When you don't even know right from wrong anymore. Your mind is just so, so gone. Your, your, thought, your faith is so, so muddled. And, and then you look up. And you still believe in God, but man, you, you don't trust the word. You, the, the excitement of, of, of the word is gone. Your zeal is gone. Your understanding is so jumbled up now. You can't understand. And it's like, man, you're not coming back. I just pray God has mercy. You're not coming back. Protect yourself from the drift. How do you do it? Well, you got to abide. And while you're abiding, you got to do a lot of prayer. Next year will determine everything. So what did God tell us to do? I want you to pray your way out this year. You started off with a bunch of prayer. Kimberly, you were there. And now this year you're going to pray your way out of this year. We used to pray all the time when we first started. Why? Because you gotta, you gotta pray. We just start. Let's pray. But man, I realized something. Man, we need to be praying constantly. Amen. Praying for what? Well, praying for the continuance of. Amen. What? Everything in God. Your continuous walk in God, your family's continuous walk in God. Amen. Some of us are allowing our families to fall. And, I, and you go, wait a minute, you putting that responsibility on me? Yeah. My mind was not letting us fall. No I don't care how much she had to nag us. I don't care how much oil she threw on us. <laughs> I don't care how much hours of prayer she spent. I, 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 I honored my mom. My mom kept me. Yes, she did. Yes, she my, did. I, my mind refused to leave, lose me to the world. That's right. Refused to lose my brother to the world. That's refused right. it. Yes, she did. Some of us, man, you see your families falling. You see their enthusiasm not there. You see their lives. And I'm not saying you make them, but what I am saying, don't lose them. I'm not losing my children to the, to the world. I'm not doing it. Not doing it. I got one down in Georgia right now. I'm still not losing her, not to the world. Nope. Amen. So I'm saying, man, um, you're in a fight. The great falling away is, I believe, happening now, but I believe it is undercover because it still is under the guidelines of church. People are actually falling away in church. But you're getting ready to see the fall away of church. Mm-hmm. So how do we survive? Well, we abide, we obey the commandments as best we can. And then, man, we pray with all that we have. That's how we'll survive the drift. So here's Solomon. Everything was clear. Listen, David said, listen, you'll be okay. Just do what the Lord tells you to do. And then the Lord says, okay, now we, I, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. I, I said I'll, I'll bless you with whatever you want. You want wisdom? Okay, I'll give you this wisdom. But, man, his will was still so strong. There were still certain parts of his life he wasn't willing to give to the Lord or listen to what God wanted him to do. So therefore, even though the, the, the directions were very clear, Solomon says, man, my, just, I just want this stuff. No wonder why he wrote Ecclesiastes and he says, everything is vanity. Mm-hmm. 
He says, I've had, I've had everything in the world you could possibly want, and none of it matters. So I will say Solomon did repent. Amen. Amen. But it was when he almost went to a place of madness. When he realized something. All this was for nothing. What is it you gain the world and lose your soul? Come on, Uncle, come on. What am I saying? I'm saying, listen, guys. Your prayer life is so crucial right now. I'm telling you, the only Christians that are going to survive are the ones that pray constantly. I'm going to say that again. The only Christians that are going to survive are the Christians that pray constantly. Only churches are going to survive are the ones that abide. Help us, Lord. So here's my prayer for you. Those areas, I'm praying that you give them to the Lord. Those areas, uh, no one knows, only you. And trust me, I don't want to know, and don't tell anybody else. Those areas that you won't give him, he wants them. He's saying, listen, I know you've been struggling with that for years, but I want that. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to throw Keep under the bus. He texted me last night like, man, I'm trying to quit smoking. I'm like, Keep, you can give that to the Lord. He wants that. Amen. You can do it, brother. My thing is, man, let's, let's give the God those areas. Okay, come on, somebody. Amen. Give him those areas in your life. Nobody knows. Nobody knows but you. You need, we got to give them, we got to give them those too. So we, if we're going to obey some of it, then you might as well don't obey all of it. Don't, don't obey any of it. I mean, see, you got to, it's these things. God saying, yes, I've been blessing you for a long time. Even though you have those things, God was not approving of Solomon going up to high places, burning incense. He wasn't approving of that, but he still was walking with him and still was blessing him. But my thing is, what it led to, it led to Solomon in a great falling away. And then it led it to bigger disobediences. See, the little small ones lead to bigger ones. I know this is hard, it's difficult because some things, they keep you safe. Some things, they keep you, uh, keeps you calm or something. And I'm saying, I know, let the Lord fill that gap. Can he do that? Yes, he can do that. He's God. He can do anything. If you fill the Lord with whatever hole you have in you, it will be complete. Amen. Whatever hole I have, I'm trying to let the Lord fill that part. Oh, Lord, I got a hole right here. All right, let me fill that. Whatever, every crack that I have, I'm trying to put the, the Lord into that crack. Pass it in there. Bondo it, you know. Allow the Lord to move in your life. How do you do it? Well, you got to stay with them. You got to pray. And the word, people. Now, notice, you didn't see music in here. I'm not saying music is bad. In fact, I'm saying mu music edifies. But I'm saying it won't keep you. Amen. Only the word. 
coursing in your veins keeps you. I'm trying to shut down, but he, he keeps. I'm try, I'm, 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 this is so serious, God. Listen, in this last push, I need you to stay with the Lord. There's going to be a great falling away of Christians. You're not going to be one of them. Amen. Everybody say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.